Hello and welcome to the most leftist thing imaginable. A Twitter argument that is now turned into a podcast episode. In all seriousness, this um It's an interesting episode. Uh, we have Sam Barry on from uh, the Delaware House Caucus and turning champion Kobe Owens. And talk a little bit about um, different strategies for making change. Uh, what is the most legitimate, what is the least legitimate, different things that could be done. Um, but hope you enjoy. Uh, hello, friends, uh, enemies, haters, trolls, uh, people of the Delaware deep state that hate listen. Uh, it's your friend Rob again. We're here at Highlands Bunker. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're in the belly of the beast. And uh, we have something um, kind of fun for you guys tonight. Uh, I'm here with Sam Barry. He's the digital media director uh, for the state of Delaware. And he uh, produces for the Delaware House Democrats, the Whip Count podcast. So we're going to start a podcast war tonight, I think. Hopefully, if we're lucky. Um, so this is ostensibly sort of a discussion that our returning champion, Kobe Owens, is going to uh, sort of steer about social media and like a specific social media thing. Um, but what I really hope we get into is sort of like a little bit of more of the dynamics of sort of power on and, and what social media means because um, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I think Sam uh, and I share pretty much the same politics, uh, so that's sort of boring to talk about. Um, but uh, Sam, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is going to be, at the very least, weird. And Yeah, uh, I mean, we try, to, we try to find weird content. <laughs> that's what we try to do. So we, got, we have Carl, Carl on the knobs as usual. Um, Kobe sort of got some kind of questions to guide us, and and maybe it turns into a whole a whole th- discussion, hopefully. So, oh, I have so, no questions prepared. This is all going to be off the top you, of my you're head. Flying, you're flying. You're flying. I'm Wait, flying, flying right now. You want to you want to set the scene? Do you want to set the scene? Yeah. So uh, I just think this was this whole thing, the way it went down, uh, was fucking hilarious. Um, I ended up seeing it on Twitter. Um, and kind of read back. Um, I'm glad I follow both of you. Um, and I wasn't like the one person who couldn't see the one other person because, you know, they have their um, page locked. So I, I am very glad I did get to see the whole thing and kind of how it unfolded. Um, and I kind of just wanted to have this conversation to see um, what the two sides really were about, what 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 caused this. But then also um, this is something that isn't new. It's not unique um, to this organizing space. This is actually something uh, I've seen happen multiple times um, in hundreds of different um, organizing spaces throughout America. So uh, we have a podcast that I can actually talk on this time. So I thought it would be fun. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, so let's get us kicked off. Um, the tweet that started it all, I just had it up. Hold up. I got a new phone, so I'm still going to use to how to open it. Um, I, I'm very old. I had an iPhone 5. Um, that's, that's fine. We're, we're, we're loot yeah, in here. We, we, right? we, we can get with that. So uh, the tweet that started off, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, if you have an anonymous left leftist Twitter, Delaware Twitter account, you're a coward, right? That was what started yes. it off. Yeah, now was leftist in 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 quotation marks or just say leftist? It was in quotation marks. Okay. Um, 
Do you want to elaborate on that, Mr. Barry? Yeah, I just want to make sure that if you heard that and you thought it applied to you, I was calling you a coward and you are a coward. And I stand by my original. Okay. I'm glad you said that. That's cool. <laughs> no. Um, look. It was a tweet. Um, I don't really think I felt as strongly about it when I fired that one off as when people started responding to me. And I, uh, you know, in my professional opinion as a comps professional, I'm going to go by the uh, Donald Trump standard, which is that I will always double down on whatever dumb stuff I say. Always, especially if someone's trying to call me out on it. Uh, so I think that's how this whole thing developed. Well, well that's <laughs> interesting. Can I respond to that or do yeah, you want to go, ask Yeah, go ahead and respond. No, that's an interesting thing because I, I do something similar. But here's what I couldn't understand because I saw it like a day later. Yeah. Um, because people that I follow uh, had responded to it. So it was already – it was pretty much already done. But in classic me fashion – the next morning, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking jump in on this. So I jumped in on it. The reason I jumped in on it was because, like, I didn't understand the concept of the joke. Like, if the concept of the joke, uh, and I, I guess it, within the thread, it was like, you make fun of Coons, but he doesn't, he doesn't look at his Twitter. It's like a comms person, and it's just a, it's, a, it's pointless. Um. And, and and so why do you do that part? But also, it's important because you're anonymous and you're not signing your name to it. So I couldn't decide whether you thought that Twitter was important and you should be, like, straight. Or whether you thought it was stupid because the guy probably doesn't even look at his shit anyway. And so it's, like, a waste of time. I think... Like, it, I couldn't... It was, it was it was it cut both ways. I couldn't figure out what, what you were talking about. I think it goes a little deeper than that. Um, so I guess... I will try to sum up the main thrust of what I was trying to say uh, with uh, everyone keeping in mind that, like I said, I'm <laughs> if I'm going to get called out on a dumb tweet, I will double down and I will follow that thread. No, we, we love that because when people say dumb stuff, then we can, we really got them. But um, <clears throat> I was saying, uh, first of all, anonymous, I think, is a little loose because you know, a lot of people around here, particularly, you know, they don't sign their names to a lot of digital stuff they put out there on social media, but people know who they are for the most part. You know, I think that's probably true. Um, it's hard for me to say, though, because I know it's like an insular thing. So, yeah. like, there are there are people I don't know. And so it's, it is a small group of people that probably know each other, well, but I don't bro more broadly. I mean, do you know who those people were you were speaking to? Almost all of them. Yes. Uh this is actually why I sent this tweet in the first place. I remember I was trying to figure out who one person was. And I was like, I don't know who they are. And I asked people, like, do you know who they are? And they were like, no. <laughs> it was like, this is really annoying. Um, so what I was trying to say is, and um, I'm not going to pass judgment on Chris Coons. Like, that's not necessary. You guys all feel how you feel about, uh, you know, our, our junior senator. So whatever. What I was saying is he's not reading his mentions. So it doesn't matter what you're saying. But... To do it under this kind of weird half anonymous, half not thing is like kind of dumb because the people who actually are reading them know exactly who you are. So I so I'm, it serves I'm, its purpose. I, so I still you're still across things. So if it doesn't no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Purpose. It's just a bunch of deputy comms directors making fun of each other. 
that most of them know who each other are. That was like sort of the, right, original, but the it, original point. Is just it's just a bunch of let's geeks make sure like everyone us. gets to get a fair turn to talk. Yeah. So whose whose turn is it? His. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Thank I, you, Kobe, for for doing that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Very, I appreciate that very much. I mean, remember, remember where you are. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I guess it serves its purpose in that, like, the tweet is there, but it's not doing anything. And I think that we have more important stuff to worry about. And like, I just, it's it just kind of bugs me that it seems. When people think about, you know, what are left organizers in Delaware doing, you have a bunch of people who what they see is angry replies to the tweets they're posting and blog comments. And obviously there's other stuff going on, but, you know, nope. A lot of people are kind of touchy in, in this uh, in this very small group. Who are the touchy people? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying in general, a lot of these people that are in, in a small group that that's in Delaware politics, like they're just getting turned off automatically when I think there's some stuff that you could work with people who maybe you don't even agree with on a lot of political issues on, um, or at least they'd leave you alone. You know? No, I agree with that. And, you know, you talked about your experience as, um, working in comms, um, very similar. I have, um, experience with social media. Um, I love to start shit. Um, it's, you know, if, I don't agree with someone. I am never scared to call them out. Um, but also I get what you're saying about the anonymous part. I mean, if you look at my Twitter handle, I even have my middle initial in there. Everyone knows who I am. I am the, you know, 5'11", short black kid, um, kind of chubby, um, who's going to call you out. I, I may have a bullhorn. I may not. Um, <laughs> Tim's but, on horn out. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from and how close the Delaware way is, the Delaware pol political scene is. Um, I think that also goes along with in Delaware, and I've said this before, in Delaware, there are some people um, that get opportunities because we're such a small state. Um, you have the proximity to these elected officials where in other states um, you may never see your state senator, um, let alone your U.S. or our representative or U.S. senator. Um, so in Delaware, I mean, you can see Tom Carper at Wawa. Um, you can see Chris Coons at El Diablo. You can see Carney. Um, he's not a good driver, but he drives sometimes. Um, so, like, you you see these people. You get to know them. They know who you are. Um, so I, I, I think the argument here is um, a lot of people don't want blowback on them. They want their privacy respected, but they also want to have um, their political opinions heard. Um, I, I, I do get what you're saying where it comes to the staffers and, and either the elected officials, they may not even be reading their mentions, but there's also other people in Delaware who start to connect around, okay, someone's speaking out about this issue. This is something that I cared about. I see someone else, so I'm not just alone. Um, so it starts to build um, conversation among other people. And again, you know, you may not know who it is. Honestly, I knew Rob for almost two years, did not know his Twitter uh, for the longest time until oh, he yeah, saw me I remember. Uh, I remember in my Ocasio how... shirt on Market Street, and you messaged me uh, via DM. Um, it was like, nice Ocasio shirt today, and I, I finally yeah. figured out who it was. Yeah. I'm really bad with that. But, but yeah, because I'm, I'm not even on at that. So it took me a long time to figure out who everybody was who isn't, uh, you know, who's an anonymous, quote unquote, on Twitter. But I want to bring up something else because I think this is the this is the crux of it. And maybe we'll talk about it. And this is what bothers me about it. And Sam, you can tell me whether this is what you were trying to say. <clears throat> uh, 
the group of people you're talking about, whether they be organizers, party folks, um, people who work for or that are staffers, because of the state's a very small community. And so there are particular decorum and rules so that everything kind of, you know, you don't want to, you know, rub people the wrong way. And so there should be a certain set of, of um, sort of etiquette that you would do these things by within that system is sort of kind of what you're saying. Is that, is that, did I, did I, is that a fair assessment of what you said? I think that <clears throat> it's pretty easy to read what I was saying that way, and I don't, I don't blame you for reading it that way. Um, I guess what I really meant is, you know, whether or not there should be, there kind of is. No, there definitely is. And I, I, I'm, 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 I would not disagree with you that I would agree with that, whether or not there should and, be, there is. And, I, I agree. And if you if you disagree with the fact that you, well yeah I don't think there should be an etiquette I also get that but you're not it's not going to get you very far when this group of people is so small and also I feel like it kind of makes you uh, if there's a if there's a small group of people who kind of decide like we're going to do whatever we want that's cool but also it almost kind of closes you off because I think that left politics should be a mass movement and if people kind of feel like oh there's a clique of people who if you say the wrong thing or if they have the wrong background, they're going to kind of at least maybe a little bit pile on. I like, think you miss my feelings aren't going to get hurt, but I, I think some you miss. I think you miss. Uh, you're missing when I. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. Actually, I think left politics does need to be a mass movement. Yeah, absolutely agree. We should not be excluding people mm -hmm. from that movement at all. My issue is that movement is against everything that you're talking about. All of the cliques and all of the people who want to who don't want to be offended, and all the people who want to make sure that they get approval for their task force next time, and and all the people who just don't want to make waves, so the, the the people will bring their shit to the floor, or they don't have a problem with the chamber, or they don't have a problem with the governor. All of those people, the mass movement is against that. Sure, we have to destroy. That has to be so. My, I don't have any kind of. Um, necessarily like an affinity to to playing by the to making the the people that we need to defeat more comfortable now i know i'm taking like i'm not talking about online etiquette I'm talking about it more broadly obviously i'm not talking about a tweet but that's the kind of stuff that i'm that i'm talking about i i actually if 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 an anonymous person can make somebody who works for chris coons's life afternoon a little more unpleasant that's fine by me now I don't know how they, whether they would show up in his office and kind of make make waves, or they would you know get them on the phone, or they would send an anonymous tweet that kind of made a joke about them. Like these are the kind of people that need to be beat. Like and I know people want jobs on staffs, and it's neat to work in D.C. or work for people who are in the paper and work for people who wield extreme amounts of political power here. So I know it's real cool to work for those people, but I'm not interested in appeasing those people or the people that work for them. I'm, I'm, I'm here to try to persuade them, and if they're unpersuadable, to defeat them politically with a mass movement. And I don't really care about, like, like how... like I, th They've proven to me <clears throat> that they're not really open to... Um, the collegiality is fake. Do you know what I mean? Do you understand what I mean? Like, I think so. Okay, the the all of that you're you're being tricked into an idea that you have to appease the Chamber of Commerce and they're never going to do anything. Like nobody who 
works for John Carney today or wields political power in the Chamber of Commerce is ever going to do anything for us, ever. The last, the last 50 years should make that absolutely clear. So playing the games that they play, I, I, say, find, is, I find it very naive. I, I find it extremely say naive. no one um, who works for Carney. I, 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 absolutely this, not. Yeah. I, well, of course, you guys are going to defend him completely. <laughs> but Go ahead, defend him. Go. No, I mean, like, I think everyone knows where I stand at on all our elected officials. Um, but also, I think from what I'm hearing from this conversation right now is it's simply y'all agree on the same policy. Y'all agree on things need to change. Y'all just have a different way of getting there. But to be honest, I think it's not you have to pick, you know, the half dozen in this hand or the sits in this hand, I think it's the same thing. You need people to work from within, but you also need people to work from the outside. It's literally how the Progressive Caucus um, down in D.C. has grown and how they've been able to do mass mobilization of the movement, working with organizations such as CPD and stuff like that. that. So I I mean, We've talked about that because I'm, I'm obviously on one side of that. Right. So we've talked about that in here tons of times. Right. So I think that is, I, I think we're at a... a point in time in Delaware political scene where we're trying to figure out how exactly do we do that the right way right so how do we work with the people who work on the inside to change the system but also keeping that pressure up on the outside um and and I think the the best way to do that is for us not to get into arguments with each other yeah um because we both want the same thing but and I'm not even again I'm it's sort of this idea like are you are do you trust the system that got us here to to defeat the system we need to defeat to I re- think that's outside the goals? scope like <laughs> honestly the scope of what um what is the scope? I view this as a game of chess right so it's a long game for me well yeah what's outside the scope what do you mean I'm well you know some of the work I do is I got into this in the first place and I was doing you know, campaigns out of college, um, and I've been on uh, quite a few campaigns, and you know, now I'm now I'm doing the job I'm doing now, and the reason that I'm doing it is because, like, I think everybody can agree on long-term goals, but I just want to kind of help people now, and that might be doing something that nobody ever hears about, or talking to someone, or it might be, you know, something as stupid as a Facebook post, and I don't really care. Like, I'm one person, and I'm not going to make that huge of a difference by myself, but you know, when you say, like, I get it and I know where this comes from, like, you know, I, I follow all the left people on Twitter and listen to the podcasts and everything. I think it's fun. But, I, you know, making a staffer for some senator I don't like, their life harder, like, whatever. That's, you, that's not, I'll give you that's an not example. doing anything. And also, it's I'll not give you, getting you any closer. Let me, let me, let me, you, let, let me, let me give you an example that you know, I think salient to this topic or this, the, 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 the online thing. I think it's uh, apropos. As part of this uh, discussion online, uh, some information got out about some comments that Coons made uh, at Notre Dame, I think. Man, that's a dumb fuck thing to say, didn't he? Um, So that information got out, and because it got out, there's some folks from this area that work at National Publications, so there was a splinter story about it. Um. It was featured on the uh, Sam Cedar featured it on the on the uh, Majority Reports podcast, and it was kind of you know he took a big hit. And in the in 
in the action of trying to respond to this bad publicity and kind of unwind this thing that he said, he mentions about um, people showing up to protest his uh, support for the Trump judges and how these protests, it, it was almost like it's never happened before. These people showed up and, and he, you could tell he was kind of shook for me, to mention that in that situation. He was kind of shook. So the idea that making their lives uncomfortable doesn't do anything, I think is incredibly naive. They're human beings, and they're making decisions. I mean, Coons went on Fox and Friends the day after um, the Houthis bombed that oil field in Saudi Arabia, went on Fox and Friends and said we'd go to war with Iran. Yeah, if you work for that guy, we're going to make your life fucked up. Because that's fucked up. And, and, I don't, and people need jobs. I understand that more than anybody. But it doesn't change the fact of it. The fact is still the same. We killed 30 pine nut farmers in Afghanistan a month, two months ago. And because the Houthis defended themselves and killed nobody in Saudi Arabia, he goes on Fox and Friends and wants to go to war with Iran. Now, people can work for them. That's fine. I have no issue with that. But they're my, they're my political adversary. They're not my friend. So, Carl, I want you to leave this in because it's important to me. <laughs> Um, I don't fair. want this to be a discussion that's about fair, Senator Coons. I don't well, I'm, work I, I, for Senator fair. Coons. That's fair. You know, I use, not, that as an I, honestly, I use that as an example only. I, I understand that. Look, You're not defending Coons. And you've been clear about that, and that's fine. I'm using it as an Senator, example. Senator Coons can say whatever he wants, and he can defend it however he wants, and the people that work for him can defend it however he wants, and people are going to agree or disagree with him, and that's not important to me. I don't work for the guy. Um, and frankly, you know... I think there's a lot of cases around here where he's doing positive stuff for people in ways maybe you don't know. And I don't think that cancels out anything you don't like about him. But I just, you know, I, it's, it's just not even really relevant for me. Well, the only, and, the, and again, the only, I use it as an example only as a, a sort of an example of, about what my feelings are and why I think that direct action like that works and is important and is actually in some cases a moral obligation in my opinion that's the first thing the second reason i brought it up is simply because that him mentioning that he was kind of shook by protesters came out of this stupid fucking dumb twitter exchange and i find that extremely interesting that we find out that this stuff is sort of um at least if it's not effective quote unquote or productive it's having some sort of impact. Sure, but and I, I think that that's important. That I think impact is very important. Generally speaking, people coming out in person as protesters to confront someone or something is very different than people, you know, responding a meme to a tweet. Absolutely, I I, I completely agree. But if that if that's and and because I agree with that a hundred percent without any equivocation, because I agree with that. I don't care that people are anonymous on Twitter. I don't care what they do on Yeah, I honestly... I, 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 See what this, I guess? I'm just trying to get back to the original This thing. might surprise all of you, but I honestly don't really care either. Yeah, well, that's, again, shocker. <laughs> it seems like, like we agree <laughs> that no one cares because it's a platform <laughs> But this is what was supposed to We were using that story. We were using that story to springboard into other broader issues, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but we it, did springboard. it's shocker we that we're sitting here at a podcast talking about a Twitter feed. Um, but now we're all agreeing that Twitter doesn't matter, which, um, I mean, it, it plays its role. But at the end it of the day, the I don't have any uh, problem. Yeah, I mean, it's for more passive 
activists it, it, yeah. it, people you know I, I think it was said best twitter fingers you know um that's all it is i think it's entertainment I agree. With I love Twitter. I'm on it all the time. Yeah. You know, I love. Yeah, it's great. I think I, it's just kind of entertainment. That's you know? a fair point too. I, don't know. I just use the kill uh, if I have to kill thirty minutes waiting for somebody. Just yeah, you're right. That's true. You're I right. mean, look. Every morning I wake up. I've been exercising recently. I get my cup of coffee after, um, and if I have a train ride, I read Black Twitter like it's a newspaper. That's that's what Twitter is for me. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Can it, can you give us some highlights from Black Twitter <laughs> from like today and yesterday? Like what 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 was this weekend? What was big? This is Monday, uh, October whatever sixth or so seventh. So what was big the first weekend of October on Black Twitter? So what it was it? actually a lot of uh, a lot of politics this weekend. Um, surrounding booker and also surrounding castro um talking about the black agenda and stuff like that now granted it's i follow more political um people so that's why it's going to be like that for mine but it, it depends what it is um i was hoping cardi b put her foot in somebody's ass no but you. you know again she is has become a surrogate for bernie sanders um and i think that helps reach out to a different demographic of people so yes that's another way twitter and social media plays a role um but at the end of the day i'm not going to judge all people based off their social media content i'm gonna judge them off their actions what are they doing and like you said this is supposed to be about a mass mobilization of the movement right so that's how i'm gonna judge people if you want to go on twitter and blow off some steam some steam fine but if you're you know if i know that i could count on you to help organize 50 60 people around an action around a policy to create that real change to hold people really accountable um then yeah i i i could care less if you're you know if you're upset in you know someone's comment section um yeah well that was and the other the only the last thing i'll say on that specifically because we could talk about other shit uh is <clears throat> i i defend i i just snap defended the the three uh whatever you want to call it, the three musketeers the you know the people who are writing under pseudonyms um be just because they were called cowards because i know what they do like i know those people personally and i i understand the you know you're you're posting from your mom's basement i understand that you use a pseudonym like i i understand that trope i get that and Actually, it is important because I think what you said is right. If you're just doing that, you're you're not you're nothing. You're you're not helping. Um, so I, that part I get. But knowing what those people do, I kind of I stuck up for them because I know that they're in the fucking street every day. So to to you know, and they're they're and they're actually um, they their disposition is to not not try to convince themselves that they can do something from the inside you know i'm not saying it's the delusion i don't agree with it but uh, th their their disposition is not yours their disposition is more like mine where yeah i mean we can help the the delaware house do its business next general assembly and i'll bet you a thousand dollars not fucking one thing gets done so they don't have any they they can't they can't they they can't convince themselves that that works and I understand why they can't. <clears throat> All right, I want to push back on this in two ways. I'm not taking any bets. I am running for office, so uh 
I am not running for office. What whatever do you mean? I, I am not accepting <laughs> bets or any gambling. I just want to put that out there. I'm just here to talk. I'm here so I won't get fined. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, go ahead. <laughs> and I'm not speaking on behalf of the House Democratic Caucus, you know, like I'm I'm just kind of here to talk as well. Oh yeah, and again, we uh, we should have just given like a provi- this is just a casual conversation. You're not speaking for anybody. You're no. not defending anybody officially or anything like that. That's all. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh so what I want to say is like, yeah, I, I, in theory, yes, you should be able to push back about against anyone for any reason. You know, politics is not, you, you know, in politics is oppositional. And if you disagree with someone on something, then you should be able to not have any association with them at all and push back on them however you want. And I understand that. And that, you know, I think in theory, that makes a lot of sense. I think. In a lot of other places, maybe that's the way to go about things. I think Delaware is maybe a little bit different, and that's for two reasons. Number one is something that I don't think a lot of people understand is a lot of the establishment people who you talk about, the people who have power, even if sometimes they don't do things that they or they do things that you don't like, they're not really particularly scared of, you know, quote unquote progressive politics or left politics. When they you don't say really. Scared, what, do you, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean? I like, mean that. Uh, you I mean th- they dabble in it, or they're not afraid they're just going to not dabble in it. And they don't, don't. They think they'll never be beat, like they're insulated. No, I think people. Uh, you know, I. Well, I think people in general are not issue focused, but even a lot of politicians are not particularly issue focused. And if you can convince them of something, you know, if they're just a state rep. You can have a conversation with that person. You can bring them all onto your side. And, you know, like a lot of them are just kind of people focused and they'll support, you know, quote unquote progressive candidates uh, in a lot of cases. And they won't really have any qualms about that. They're not afraid of that. Let me let me let me push back on that a little bit. I've had. So I'm sure you're aware that in the last uh, General Assembly, the Democrats made some gains, some big gains. Uh, Debatable. Well, I would. Uh, that's just this is the point, right? They could have been bigger. Yeah, yes. but the, so here, the, so the, <laughs> so the point is, um, you know, two uh, two women knocked off two uh, leadership uh, to flip two leadership seats. Um, we had other uh, folks win uh, primaries that were probably the most progressive person or the person that is most active in our organizing circles won, and that was great, and and. You know, we've we've been talking with these people for years, and and what what legislation was passed the last general assembly? What was moved forward in a positive way? What was the What was the what would you say was an accomplishment? I've asked people this. The number one thing, a uh, pretty massive criminal justice reform. Massive. In, got, in Delaware terms, in terms of stuff you can do on a state do you level, want, yeah. we want to talk about, I mean, I think just concurrent sentencing on its own is one of the most important bills passed in Delaware in the last 20 years. I mean, I'm following this prison thing, like the Department of Corrections and following all of this. And I'm glad that they've done. I'm glad that they've done common sense, like sentencing reforms and like what they're going to prosecute, what they're not going to prosecute, not going to layer shit on people and all of that. Chris Johnson and I have talked about this. I think it's important. But to call that like some some big accomplishments that you can i mean that's it's, it's sort of like it's it's like that it's literally the least you could do like especially considering everything you read about you know the cops just shot a guy in kobe's neighborhood a month ago i still don't know what the fuck happened there 
every story that comes out of these prisons is worse than the next one. And so, like, I'm glad that they did sentencing reform, but I think there's a lot of stroking off about it that's not warranted. And and, and so, when I taught, so the, the, the moral of the story was, so I've subsequently met with and spoken to some of these candidates who went on to win big victories and were freshmen uh, legislators in Dover this year. They're, they're just, they're already kind of sucked into it. They're, 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 they're happy. They, they get a, you know, they, they are able to get a couple photo ops and, and, and get a couple things moving for, for next session. And that's it. That's that signed. That's, I mean, you have this idea that once they, once they get down there, that they're, that they're going to be open to progressive persuasion. I see no evidence of any of that. Well, who exactly is trying, you know, when, when we have issues come up, you see the right wing able to mobilize. And, and this is, this is what I think this is the least you can do. They get 800 million emails about every single gun bill that gets introduced. And that scares people, you know, nobody's scared of getting or not getting a $600 check, but when they get a ton of emails about one issue that starts to set people off a little bit these are small districts and they don't get emails about anything else and literally if you if if you had a group of people that was mobilizing a few thousand people to send emails just sending an email maybe making a few phone calls that would move the needle more than having a primary candidate announced. I don't disagree with you my issue is that if 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 a, if a deluge of emails causes somebody to lose their nerve don't tell me they have progressive proclivities because they don't they have electoral cover my ass proclivities which is well, fine but we should just call it yeah, like it we're is talking about some people who this call, is their only just, job oh, I, fine it's, then we should then we should call it like it is it's 62 people That's down fair, in the general just, assembly or is it ever going to be 62 progressives in the general assembly absolutely not there are some key people down there now um who we know that no matter how much backlash they get, they're going to do the right thing. There are other people who work both in the House and in the Senate who weigh their options, who weigh how many people reach out, whether it's in the positive or the negative of any issue. And I agree with the gun issue. That is a big thing. They they will outnumber us when we go down there. They will outnumber us when it comes to phone calls and when it comes to emails. And it keeps happening. Well, this I'm, has been I'm happening for a while. I'm bringing up the gun issue because it's a good example of what yeah. mobilization of people just sending an email can do. And, and, and the only thing I want to say, you know, maybe you some guys of these were down people, there. Uh, no, I, I just wonder, I yeah, want to say, like, I was saying this earlier, maybe some of these people don't call themselves progressive or you don't want to call them progressive or left or whatever. It's not really important because, like I was saying, I think a lot of them are not even really particularly issue focused. You know, they, they, only they care have how a few issues they care out. a lot about. And then they have a lot of issues which are willing to take feedback on. And I, I just, you know, I think it's you should everyone should be prioritizing. A little I bit. will. Yeah, um, I look. Oh, so let me say this. This is what I was going to say, and you you mentioned that. I feel like that that does like we make it sound like they got all the deluge of emails, and then they you know they turned up people on the day. But like Mom's Demand Action was there, 
that they turned up people. Now maybe it wasn't, a, but again, if you're talking about somebody who, and and, I, and I'm not asking for everyone to be progressive or everyone to be this. I'm saying if you're going to say that these folks are persuadable, they have progressive proclivities, whatever. If mom's demand action shows up and you feel like, oh, this is the way I should do it, and, you know, maybe this other group had 200 more people or maybe I got 20 more emails. But you know what? These 500 people showed up, but that wasn't good enough. That's that's very telling, I think. Well, I mean, it, it, just staying on the gun issue and everything. Even, I was down there for the mom's demand action. And there was about 82 of us. Um, okay. It was about 200 of them. Um, when the debate happened, the Republicans in the Senate, they knew they had the numbers on their side. So at the end of the debate, when not everyone could speak, they just said, all right, if you're here for it, raise your hand. If you're not, um, you know, wait and or stand up or something like that. It was stupid. Um, but they pretty much said, look, there's more people in Delaware that care about not passing this than they do passing it. Um, so it's all about optics and how you can spin it to your advantage. But then also, I, I and this is just because this is my area that I really care about. I do think the criminal justice stuff, um, it wasn't the bare minimum. It was definitely needed. Um, mainly because I have a lot of cousins who are still in jail today um, on petty charges, but they're still in jail. And they tell me stories of they're sleeping in cells with five or six people when there's supposed to be two people in a bunk or in a in a in a cell. Let me tell you, Kobe, just because, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. I followed it. We did a big thing with Lex because I follow Lex, too, and he writes a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, and he just wrote a big, you know, multi-part story about speaking to some of the witnesses that were at the Vaughn trial. When I think about the conditions in our, our prisons, it makes me sick. It really makes me sick. It does. I mean, I, I am never going to say I hope that someone gets hurt because we lost a correctional officer that day. Um, and that is truly tragic. But then also, we have to look at the conditions that we're pinning people in. Yes, this may be jail, but they still have human rights. Um, I think what we did here in Delaware this go round with the Smart Justice campaign and everything is leading a conversation on a national level. Every person, I can talk to organizers in Arizona, New York, Maryland, um, Colorado, wherever, and they are talking about, oh, Delaware did this. This is what, this is the gold standard we're going to try to push our legislators to do next go round. So we got the conversation going. Um, is it like done? Absolutely not. And if they let it die there, they're going to hear from me. Like I will be out there with my bullhorn again. But again, this is going to take some time. And not against any unions, but the FOP is a very powerful union. So when they come out against some things, it's going to take a little bit more time. And you have to be, again, like for me, it's a game of chess. You can either just move the piece as soon as your opponent moves a piece, or you can sit back and plan out what are their next five moves. Can I can I build on this, mm -hmm. Kobe? Because, look, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. I, I think, you know, it's it's... Delaware in particular, out of almost any state, I think right now is um, facing a huge crisis in the in our criminal justice system, in the in the prisons. Um, you know, I've heard public defenders testify about conditions in our prisons, and it makes me sick too. I, it's it's unbelievable, and there's so much more to be addressed. There is, there's so much more to be addressed. But uh, you know, the 19 bills, or however many we've passed so far, of the 19, I think 11, 11 yeah. have been passed and signed. These policies have been in the works 
for years. It has been years and years and years of pushing with people to get these ready to be released, to you know not have an overwhelming amount of opposition to them from groups that are going to push people one way or the other. And I think Smart Justice is actually a great example of people who show up consistently every single time. And there really isn't that much other on the other side. You know, there's the police uh, unions and um, some of those kind of victims' rights advocates and that, that sort of thing that it'll show up when you introduce a bill and, and they'll say, we don't, we don't agree with this. But Smart Justice has been in leg hall you know, I don't know, one, two days a week for yeah. the last couple sessions. And they're meeting with people. They're having presentations. You know, they're not even they haven't even been pu pushing uh, particular bills, really. It's just been kind of educating people about this stuff. And is there so is there a lot farther to go with criminal justice reform? Yeah, obviously, like like really, really far. But um, we're talking about real concrete reforms that are going to have an impact on people's lives that are making our system better for people in a lot of ways. Uh, and the stars really had to align for that. In, in a way, I think a lot of people don't understand. I, I think Kathy Jennings getting elected and immediately setting out what our priorities were, uh, to my surprise, to a lot of people's, I think, pleasant surprise when she you know, released that first memo. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of things kind of came together. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a six-month, 45-day session. There's not that much time to get all of these things done. And this is a big thing. This is bigger than stuff that's happened in recent years. And, and So hot take, would you expand the working session? Oh, absolutely. I think we should be full time. Full time for six months or year round? Year round. I agree with that. 100%. It'll give me more work to do. I'd be okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> I would love to have a full time legislature. No, I, I I definitely agree with that. And, and, and Rob, even then, um, going back to the optics part of it that we talked about earlier with the gun debate and the Moms Demand Action, um, our, our General Assembly works three days a week uh, when they are in session. Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Thursday. Wednesday is committee day. Um, I think for both chambers, it's just committee day. Um, the Senate may sometime pass some things. Um, the majority, if you look at the base of Moms Demand Action, they don't have time to take off. They're working. They have kids to take care of. Most organizers, most um, people in progressive spaces, if they're not paid organizers, then they do have other jobs. And usually those jobs, you can't just take off every Wednesday, every Thursday to be down in leg hall. Also, transportation is a huge issue. It's one of the reasons when I was in high school, I chose to keep a minivan rather than get a nice car because I, I want to make sure I could provide transportation for people. I mean, you love the mini. I do love the mini. <laughs> Don't pretend like it was just like I had to get, I had an opportunity to get a really nice car, but I got this. I did, you but I, I did keep the minivan because we were in the middle of uh, organizing around <laughs> DACA. So I was driving back and forth um, to DC when I first got my license. Um, so are you trying to sell me on expanding the session and doing the like full-time part? To, is that what we're... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to draw this. So I've mm -hmm. always tried to draw it open a little bit because we have, it's one thing we really haven't talked about that I talk about a lot. Okay. The reason things are... The, the part-time legislature that's sort of manned by... So the governor's down there with the Chamber of Commerce and just uh, they just and then a few 
you know, for a few months, they come and they kind of go through the motions of stuff. Some stuff gets done sometimes and some doesn't. That's all by design. Like, that's that's Tax Haven 101. You just have very light, very light um, legislative oversight, very light sort of the, not only light judicial, but the set up just for you, like Chancery Court and all that. So all of this is systemic by design stuff. I am so happy that you agree with me that this is the kind of stuff that we should be going after. But that's going to be, that would be a very, I mean, is there any kind of, um, you know, is there any, is, I've never really considered this. So is there any kind of like popular demand for this or well, like have, have people talked about it? Is I, it something I, that they talk about? I think, I think that inter in an interesting way, the fact that we have a part-time legislature is kind of a systemic problem, but in a different way than what you think. I think it's kind of a self-replicating problem um, because uh, having a part-time legislature where you work 45 days out of the year, I mean, by work, I mean, show up to legislative hall at work. These people are working all the time. You know, the, a lot of them are having meetings with constituents and, and all of that sort of thing all throughout the entire year. They don't check out for six months. But um, the fact that we have a 45-day uh, session and a part-time legislature and uh, state reps and state senators are only paid $45,000 a year, um, you know, which is sort of in the middle of what state legislators are paid around the country, but is not a lot of money. Um, that keeps people out. And what I mean by that is you see a lot of people with pensions who are retired in the legislature. You see a lot of older people. Uh, you see a lot of um, sort of self-employed or wealthier people, people that come from money. And that's an access thing because most working people can't take three days off a week for six months uh, if they have a job and they can't support their family on $45,000 a year. And then it's a problem where uh, I think the hardest thing that we could possibly try to do is significantly raise legislator pay because people would freak out about that. If we said, we're going to go full time, we're going to pay legislators, you know, I don't know, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year so that a person can run for office and make that their full time job and not have to worry about having another part time job or trying to balance a legislative schedule with another work schedule it's it's kind of it's a very i think it's a really difficult problem to solve but it would actually make a huge difference having a full-time legislator because then I'll, almost anyone could think about running and not have to worry about lifestyle or money or something like that yeah and again i think that the reason that that systemic thing is 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 to ensure that you get what you get it's sort of a like so you said, do both of you support you getting money out of politics Corporate. What, what does that? Yeah, corporate yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, corporate uh, as it's generally understood, yes. Abolish the class system in politics. Yeah. You're no longer allowed to spend money. Publicly hey, funded. Hold on. You want a really hot take on this? Go ahead. That uh, I think all of you are going to enjoy. Uh, I think that one of the best things we could do with money in politics in Delaware for state level positions right now is get rid of campaign contribution limits. Where's this come? Look, what's the what's the argument? Like, what what would that? So what the current that... campaign contribution limit is six hundred dollars per cycle. That means if you're a state senator for four years, the biggest check you can get from one person or a pack is six hundred dollars. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but in twenty eighteen, um, 
what we don't have campaign contributions limits on are packs. It's and uh, obviously there's a lot of other ways to do dark money. So in 2018, you had state Senate candidates scrimping around for cash from rich people, you know, people who could contribute basically whatever they wanted and getting six hundred dollars a piece. And then a couple of packs airlifted like three hundred thousand dollars in. You want to get rid of that dark money? Just let people donate whatever they want to a candidate. Because it, not, it goes I mean, around. Again, the, I haven't really. It goes I around haven't, the candidate. I haven't um, considered, like, this is the first I'm hearing of this, so I'll have to think about it. My, 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 my hot react. You want a hot reaction to your hot take? Sure. I'm not buying it. Okay. I'm not sure. Is Here's there, my what? hot take. Um, I am running for office, so if anyone wants to <laughs> donate to me, um, I will send you the do link. You have to, do you have to send you the link for what? Could you, you have, I mean, what do you mean by this? At Blue takes a while to set up. So, okay. uh, I mean, office, what, what do you have anything to, to tell us? Do you have anything to share? Just uh, Monday, October 21st. Um, keep an eye on social media. I mean, you know, we'll all keep an eye on social media. Oh, you know, I did want to say since you, (laughs) yeah, I know. know. So, oh, my my the person I went to lunch with today, who we talked about, who's in a similar situation, (laughs) we had this conversation. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Uh, No, I did. I did want to mention, um, and I got uh, okay from from Chris to mention it. Uh, I didn't actually, but um, yeah, Kathy's been good. Uh, I mentioned it too because I've seen her. in public at some different events in the last uh, six months, um, I got I'm, I'm Nurse Susan's escort, <clears throat> um, and you know there are elected officials there. Most of them who know who I am uh, definitely avoid me like the plague. Um, others sort of just kind of get to get the word and, and go off. Some of them are cool. Uh, some of them hopefully will be on, so I'm not going to name them. Um, but I see Kathy there a lot, and, and when I first saw her, she was definitely on the move, like away from me. Um, but when she left this event, uh, she saw me, and she looked up, and I, I just gave her a wave, and she, she nodded at me. So now we've had a moment. So I think, I think my appreciation for her, the direction she's taking in the office, has been appreciated from a small nod and a wave. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with like the direction that she's going. I mean, I'm never going to be satisfied. That's why I, I do the shit. You know, I mean, you're ne- that's, it never stops. But I'm, I'm at least happy. She, she's exceeded my expectations, and my expect, well, my expectations were pretty low. But um, yeah, she's, she's done pretty well. I have to give her credit. Yeah. So this is the last question. This is what we'll end it on. Last week, Carl uh, made it made a proposition. <clears throat> That the ultimate dialectic was was on Twitter, actually. This is something Marx never considered. It was between mad and actually laughing. But after tonight, after what you said, I think it might be the police, but police labor unions. <laughs> like, that might be the one. I love how we're working this. This is going to be modern dialectical philosophy no 
All right, everybody. I, I think I think we've done everything we can do here tonight. Uh, I want to thank Sam for coming in. Totally dope. Thanks for coming in. Listen to uh, Whip Count. Uh, it's state propaganda. That's true. It's very boring. It's, it's <laughs> it is. I mean, the reason I wanted you to listen to it is because it makes our show actually seem so much more exciting. Because <laughs> that's. I mean, it's like look. There's a place for there's a place for NPR. I mean, you know. No, go listen to it because, like I said, it's it's a it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a public service, so at least you can learn something about something. So, if, like, a lot of people talk about this podcast, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a lot of inside baseball. You talk about this person or that person. Well, listen to Whip Count. Learn what's happening. And then listen to us make fun of the people that you heard on Whip Count, and then you'll know what we're talking about. So just do that. That's actually a good way to. to yeah. <laughs> we're doing lower-level stuff. Yeah, you're giving, the, <laughs> you're giving the baseline, you know, and then you, just get to, and then you know what we're talking about. And then when you get here... Uh, it's uh, patreon.com backslash the Highlands Bunker. You can, you know, you could consider a patronage. That would be nice. We do have a, uh, and this is true, we do have somebody who is now a, uh, they're anonymous, so we might not like them, but they are a Eugene V. Debs fellow, uh, $100 a month patron, stepping up, getting full production privileges. Had a meeting with them uh, last Wednesday at Brouhaha. Um, but hey, I'll take $10, $5. You know, we're doing nice work here. We had uh, we had a nice conversation tonight. Can I make a plug? Of course. Uh, my mother, who's the most wonderful person I know, is running for state representative against a Republican. She's great. Uh, I think you'd like her politics if you listen to this show. We're going to plug the shit out of this. Uh, so Mike Ramone has to go. Trash. Trash. This guy is no good. He's the minimum wage guy who's stealing people's labor in his goddamn pool. Uh, he gets trash. endorsed by that trash. I'm not even going to say their name. They degrade the name of an incredible civil disobedience movement. And they took that name and they they run it into the dirt. Well, they're behind Ramon. Ramon's got to go. Stephanie Barry's the way to go. Yeah, that's a good plug. We're we're behind that 100. percent Look her up. Like some like some of the posts on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And she has a um, kickoff, right? A oh yeah, that's Canvas actually kickoff coming up. When is this uh, coming out? Friday. Friday. So tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., go to Carousel Park. Come knock some doors with us. We're going to talk to people. We're going to talk to them about the issues and what's going on in their lives. Yeah, Carousel Park on, uh, so that's Saturday. Saturday, yeah. yeah. The back entrance. <laughs> oh, you can't two go, entrances. Not the Arundel entrance. The, um, not the one off Route 7, the one off Skyline Drive. There's, yeah. a, little, there's a little parking lot there. We're going to meet up. We're going to. Because if you go in the other one, that's a long walk. I've done it. I don't like walking. <laughs> not unless I'm canvassing. <laughs> you will see fun. horses, though. So if you want to see horses. horses. <laughs> but also, I'm black. They really didn't mess with me that much. They actually, <laughs> you know, they got a little startled. I did, too. Um, the horses, Old Country Road is not a song that, you know, is real life. I just said. <laughs> You're um, kidding. <laughs> but thank you, everyone. This was a great debate. Yeah, um, so yeah. I think we learned a lot cool. here, um, and hopefully we can keep the movement going. The movement um, is funded by small-dollar donations, so please donate to Stephanie Berry, donate to the Highland Bunkers, um, and after October 21st, donate to Kobe J. Owens. Nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're always putting stuff up uh, at Highlands Bunker on Twitter. Um, Kobe... Carl, thanks for working the knob. Sam, thanks for coming in. Uh, Lula's getting a little bit closer to freedom, my friends. Lula Livre left his best. 